Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Thoughts, Feels and Conversation. My name is Bipilowakekana. And my name is Itumeling Tikobe. We come back. Uh, we it's almost the end of the year, which is exciting. Um, which also means that it's almost the end of season two. It's crazy to think about because I was um, talking to some people a couple of days ago about mm-hmm. um, they were saying they were suggesting to me that I start a podcast. I was like, oh, well, I'm already a part of one, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I was talking to them about the podcast, I was like, oh, we're in season two. So we have like almost two years worth of content and just the realization yeah. of that, I was like, oh, wait, this is the end of season two, which means <laughs> season one was a year worth of content. Season two is a year worth of content. TFC is, you know, is a growing child. I can't believe it. How crazy. And the fact that we've been somewhat consistent. For the most part, right? For the most, in the midst of school, work, and all such other crazy things that have been happening. Yeah, so the realization that season two is almost over means that we are wrapping up a second year worth of content is ridiculous. Um, But if you, we had so much to talk about. (laughs) I mean, I could have told us. Given our conversations, I could have told us that there is a lot to be spoken about. Um, But if you are here for the first time, listening to us for the first time, welcome to the platform that is TFC. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. You know, um, there are the loyal ones who are always messaging us saying, when is the next one coming out or commenting on the previous episodes? We (laughs) We appreciate all the interaction and we are bringing season two to a close, not this month, but next month. Right, I think November will be our last um, episode for season two, also our last episode for the year, and then we will reconvene in 2023. How crazy! Cannot believe 2023. I know that's a crazy thing. It's like once we do one more episode, then the next thing is 2023, which means we are already heading into the new year, which is wild. Um, But if you are a returning listener, you will know that on this here platform, we like to check in with one another. So Ms. Itmeling Pikobe, why don't you tell us what is on your heart, what is on your mind, your thoughts, your feels, what's happening in, in, in your life and all such other good things. Okay, so <laughs> exciting. Um, why? Why are you excited? You set it up. Okay, so <laughs> uh, no, it's because I'm nervous. Um, so I've definitely been overthinking this thought since our last episode. Yes. Um, our last episode on the the question and answer from our listeners, or the questions from our listeners, and we answered. Mm-hmm. And um it's a thought pertaining to the question that we got asked about navigating loving the LGBTQ. Oh, I did not community. think you would go back here. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> you? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, are you being sarcastic or are you being for real? No, I'm shocked. I didn't think you would return back. Oh, no. I, I've been thinking about it the whole month. So I feel like. I need to go back. Wow. Okay. Um, 
Oh, now I'm like nervous about continuing because I'm not no, sure why. <laughs> why no, you be, don't because so because the 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 conversations that we've had the oh, personal yeah, conversations that we've had it. since the release of the podcast I didn't think since the release of the episode yeah. I didn't think you would like I didn't think you had okay it. no now I understand I understand what you yeah saying. yeah. Um, I spoke to someone who had listened to the episode and I um, I actually, I did express like wanting to go back um, mm-hmm. and just clarify my answer. And she was like, yeah, I think, I think you should mm-hmm. because she, um, she knows me. She knows what I think about it. And she was like, yeah, I think you could have clarified it a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so here I am. Clarifying. Um, <laughs> so the question was um, was about navigating loving the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stand by what I said that I'm not really navigating loving the LGBTQIA plus community, mm-hmm. but instead I'm like navigating loving people in general mm-hmm. because um, that's not always the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I do want to add that I've had to be intentional about how I love those in my life who um, who identify as LGBTQIA+. Mm. So I, I'm, not, I'm not navigating, like, loving them, but I have to be intentional about how I love them. Mm, um, and specifically the people in my life, um, because... Um, I did mention in the in the previous episode that I do regard myself as someone who is affirming mm-hmm. um, and that means like I affirm I don't just tolerate you know I affirm I affirm the existence I affirm that they are the beloved of God I don't think that it's sinful um, and I wanted I wanted to express that clearly so that it's like there's no assumption about it mm-hmm. um, and I am very grateful for the internet and that we have so much information, so much access to information and access to people. So how I go about um, being intentional about how I love people, queer, queer people is that um, like I, I read articles um, by people in the queer community. I follow queer um, thought leaders and I read queer theologians and I read uh, queer theology and it's it, it's been amazing in how it's broadened the way that I think mm-hmm. about certain things and the way that I, I interact in conversations around certain topics. I think, um, yeah, the access to the information has, has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess this would answer the question of how, how can someone navigate um, loving the LGBTQI community? I think access to information and not like third person information you know like don't get information from me actually because I don't identify as someone who is LGBTQIA plus but rather get um from people who are actually who's lived experience you know who actually have lived experience um and in my in my attempt to be affirming I think that I have been intentional about learning um what what's the opposite of affirming um but like what what yeah what are the some of the the struggles of of not being affirmed and a lot of it is shame so I think that I'm very intentional in that in my affirmation and my um and the way that I love is that I 
I try to eliminate the shame, you know, around the being. Um, I think that's what I've been intentional about. I have a friend that um, I always tell him that I'm like, I love you and I love everything about you. You know, there is nothing that I'm, there's nothing about you that I'm ashamed to love. Mm. And, um, and there's nothing about you that I don't love and I don't want to love. So I mm. think that in my, in my affirming, I'm, yeah, I'm intentional about the way that I love. Mm. And, um, and also I think I've been, I'm, I'm incredibly privileged to have some of the most incredible friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always boast about my friends because they're all incredible, but I have like friends who challenge the way that I think and they broaden the way that I think. So I think engaging in, com- in conversations as well, um, especially with people who have a knowledge of the Bible. So we're, we're able to wrestle through scripture together mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, and another question that was asked in that episode was um, our favorite thing about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I forgot to mention this because it's something that I actually <laughs> thought about. Keep press release <laughs> on the previous episode. <laughs> that's, what this, that's what this sounds like. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, this is like, okay, fun fact about me. I don't listen to our episodes. And you so don't overthink, so I'm so shook right I don't. now. I but don't, like, the thing is that I I'm wait and I confused. listen to the episode. I listened to the episode and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but no. um, Listening is not, it doesn't do you justice. No. No, but I no, but I think that okay, but no, let me just say that yes. um, another thing that I, I forgot to mention um was my favorite thing about myself is my relationship with God. That is mm-hmm. absolutely my most favorite thing about myself. Um and I truly, truly, truly believe that God d- delights in my existence. Like I don't I don't have a shadow of doubt in my mind that God is absolutely pleased with the fact that I exist. And in um that revelation allows me to rest and not try to like be perfect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also I believe that God trusts me and that that allows me to explore thoughts and ideas that I don't necessarily have all the answers to. And um, in, I th- it was the episode with Khali, like we spoke about wrestling with scripture and how um, like it took work for, for example, um, allowing women to to preach and pastor like it took people wrestling with the the scripture from timothy and understanding the context and the you know all of that and and to to us getting to the point where we have the revelation of that scripture that we do today mm-hmm. and um so i believe that in in terms of like being affirming i think that the same work needs to be done. And also like things like, I remember in 2020, um, listening to something by, I think it was T.D. Jakes, uh, in the height of all the the racism madness that was happening in America. I think it was T.D. Jakes. I could be mistaken about who it was, but they were talking about how um, in America, when they used to do census back in the day, um, black people were counted as three fifths of a person, mm-hmm. and it was scriptural, and it was it was based on Genesis. And I don't, I have no idea how they came to that conclusion, but it was based on Genesis. And when it came to the liberation of black slaves um, or black enslaved people, um, people had to like go and do the work to to 
to actually interpret the scriptures that were used to oppress, to interpret it properly in context. Um, and yeah, so I believe that when it comes to affirming that the same work needs to be done. And I think that like I've, I'm prepared to do the work and I've been doing part of the work sort of. Um, okay. And I, and in another episode, <laughs> in another episode, you mentioned how like um, economic um, liberation, I think economic empowerment, economic empowerment is a passion of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that this is a passion of mine. And I remember in that episode, you asked me what my passion was and I didn't want to say it because I felt like I would need to explain so much mm. for people to understand where I'm coming from. But that is honestly, this is honestly a passion of mine. And I feel that because it's a passion of mine, I'm so willing to put in the work needed mm. to study scripture, to, to read, to read um, queer theologians. Like it's been so liberating and it's absolutely, like it's been the greatest gift to me and my faith in the last two years, reading queer theologians, especially black queer theologians. Um, it's, it's, it's been a, the sweetest gift and um, yeah. <laughs> That's what's been on my mind. <laughs> All right. For the month. Hectic, hectic. <laughs> but also, I'm like, you were just saying your favorite thing about yourself is your relationship with God. And then I didn't, I sort of missed the match where you went back into the thing. I'm oh, that's, um, Oh, that part of my relationship with God is the revelation that God trusts me and that I don't need to know all the answers to everything. So, um, and, and that um, my relationship with God like creates room for me to explore um, ideas and thoughts that are not necessarily mainstream and maybe are different from what I've always been taught because I, I believe that like that I'm in the hand of God like this I can't stray too far to fall off you know that regardless of where I end up that there is that covering like because mm-hmm. God is, is, is my father and I'm, I'm, I, f- I feel trusted by God and I trust God. And regardless of where I end up, um, we've, 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 talk- we've spoken about like changing your mind on you. Like, you know, just regardless of where I end up, I mm. believe that God will be there with me and God is there with me. Um, so, yeah. And so it's my, my relationship with God and knowing that I'm trusted by God and that God, that I trust God. I think it gives me the freedom to, um, to explore ideas that I don't necessarily have all the answers to and that are different from what I've always been taught. Mm, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, I never respected. I never respected your response. <laughs> really? uh, no, I really didn't. No, I didn't. And no, no, no. You have nothing to be sorry about. I didn't. Neither here nor there. I'm also. It's been a day. It's been a week. So I'm probably just a little bit. Scatterbrained. Um, what's been happening for me is your yeah, fatigue. <laughs> it feels premature, but believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, you're in fatigue and it's not even mm-hmm. November. I don't know how I'm going to make it to December, but by the grace of God, go I. I do have a holiday coming up soon. So I'm hoping that taking the time out to refresh and recalibrate and recuperate um, will refresh and reinvigorate me for the rest of the year. 
but mm. I am yeah I'm like I'm out mentally I'm excited for you and physically exhausted so I'm just I don't know I, I don't know how by what strength people are making it to December but if you have strengths to share please <laughs> I could use some because I have very little at this point in time unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah I'm gonna need... I have a countdown I have a countdown to the end of the academic year which is weird because I feel like um let me check my countdown I have 52 days left oh, wow. of okay. the academic year then I feel like that's the end of my year because I don't care what happens after that I'm done for the year look I think maybe also a big part of my fatigue is because my academics have been done since July mm-hmm. you know oh, yes, I'm like yes. uh, <laughs> I'm not navigating too many things if that makes sense yeah. so yeah. I'm giving I'm like half-hearted uh, so mm-hmm. I'm just I'm finished like I'm mm-hmm. I'm finished for the year but I'm also not ready to go into 2023 because that feels like a whole new commitment to a whole new year so I just want to like live in this limbo for a little, mm. I, I don't know what I want. I don't know, but I am tired, but that's neither here nor there. Today we have heard the cries of our TFC <laughs> community. In fact, the next two episodes, I'm very nervous yeah. why we have decided to do the last two episodes of the season on these particular topics, but you guys have asked and we have decided to brave it out. Um, <laughs> today we are talking and we have made, um, I think slight allusions, if not maybe big allusions to it in our previous <laughs> um, episode on the Q&A. We are talking mm-hmm. today about the prosperity gospel or prosperity theology. Second last episode of the year, year in fatigue and all. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Talking, uh, feeling brave, feeling strong. Um, yeah, prosperity, mm-hmm. gospel, prosperity theology. And we did um, define it in the previous um, conversation that we had in the Q&A. But maybe, I don't know whether or not you think it's relevant to define it again, Itu. Or should we just go for I it? So. Okay, let's go. You, you are the girl with the definitions. So define it and then maybe tell us what are your initial thoughts. Oh no, I have to go look for the definition. Wait. Okay. <laughs> um oh no. I, I actually I have one. I have one okay. that is different to the one that we read last time. Remember I said okay. in the last in the last recording that there's something that I read in in as a part of my research and there was a lot about um, oh, yes. prosperity theology that came up so i actually just mm-hmm. opened the part in this book um that my supervisor has actually written so he's got a little bit of a definition he gives two things it's a little bit of a paragraph it's a little paragraph maybe i'll just read the whole thing right hold on okay the term prosperity may refer to literal wealth success and honor or an upward movement in something desirable i.e the state of succeeding or flourishing especially financially right that's one thing And then another Mm -hmm. definition, he says, Paul Gifford defines prosperity theology as the belief that God has met all the needs of human beings in the suffering and death of Christ. And every Christian should now 
uh, every Christian should now share the victory of Christ over sin, sickness, and poverty, right? And that one can have access to these blessings through a positive confession of faith. That is basically what it is. He makes, he proposes a definition. Let me see. Okay, he says, I propose a working definition of prosperity theology as a Christian belief that material prosperity and physical health are always the will of God for every believer, and that these were accomplished by the Christ event and can now be activated through donations made to church leaders, a practice known as seed sowing. So, yeah, it can be activated through donations made to the church and the positive confession of faith. That is the definition in a nutshell, at least according to this book. Interesting. Right? I feel like it is multifaceted and it touches on all the necessary things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell us what are your initial thoughts, Mystical. My initial thoughts reading that, the first part, I was like, hmm, I'm not mad at this. Mm. Um, Especially the, the part about how believers share in the or that it's God's will for you're gonna need to help me because I don't have it in front of me but like that God has met all the needs of human beings all needs yeah yeah that the needs are met and or that we have access to access to, to let me I'm just trying to find the word access so I can help you access to these blessings access to bless the blessings um through a positive confession of faith okay access to blessings not necessarily through okay when you were reading the the those were my initial thoughts that i'm not i'm not mad at that mm-hmm. but then it's the way that we get access to these things i think is that what i i'm not sure about mm-hmm. um that it's the positive confirma- uh, confes- confessions, mm. um, sowing of seeds, monetary seeds at that. Um, that's where I'm like, you know? Mm. So those are my, that's my initial thought. <laughs> what about you? I think the fact that he says that God has met all the needs of human beings in the suffering and death of Christ um, Particularly maybe because I have preconceived ideas or thoughts on the subject of the prosperity theology, mm-hmm. that already makes me nervous um, mm-hmm. because it, it's, we're saying, okay, God has made all, and I, I don't know whether or not, I don't know. I think also I was just reading a few articles and stuff before, before there's like a not so long ago right that are speaking about how like doctrines that have been misconstrued for lack of a better word to so 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 people believing the one thing the one example that they gave is how christians believing in the the the, the abrahamic covenant so you know there's that whole conversation around abraham's blessings are mine right and how Mm -hmm. we have materialized that um to Mm -hmm. say if, if you know Abraham was blessed whatever we 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 take that covenant and we materialize it to say Abraham's blessings are mine meaning prosperity is mine you know meaning all these things wealth and and health and all these things are mine so I was reading all these things ahead of the time and my I think my I'm sort of doing a movement with my head because I don't have the word but no one can see that obviously <laughs> 
my hesitation, for lack of a better word, um, with the whole notion is that although salvation is holistic, right? Mm-hmm. There is, I don't know what what language, what word or what gospel this would be described as. There are schools of thought that only classify salvation as spiritual. So it's literally you being saved unto eternity. So it's got no bearings on how you live your life right now. But then what the prosperity gospel says is that Christ died so you could be prosperous. Um, and I feel like mm. salvation is somewhere slap bam in the middle of that, right? It's holistic, meaning it affects the way you live today um, as much as it affects, you know, um, eternity with God. But mm. I do not necessarily consider that it is a salvation unto prosperity. Um, and so the fact that we would associate Christ's death with it meeting our needs for material things, I don't think mm. it is exclusively not, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think only associating it as such or primarily rather, let me say primarily associating it as Christ's death, you know, was so so, so the fact that we are saved means we we have access to prosperity, like primarily basing your whole salvation on that, I think is a little bit, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with, 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 with that perspective, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, I think... For me, I agree. I agree with what you said. Mm. And I think that it goes back to like an individualistic view of salvation Mm. and even um, an individualistic view of sanctification because from the moment you're saved till you die, it's a process of sanctification. I think looking at it as I need to be prosperous, you Mm. know, it's, it's, it is focusing on you as an individual. Whereas I think that when I say that, I I, I want to say I agree, <laughs> but I'm I'm not mad at the the definition in 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 it saying that um, by the cross we have access to to um, our needs being met. Mm. And my thinking is that because of the cross, I am able to have the Holy Spirit indwelling within me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm able to display the fruit of the spirit. Mm. And, and one of the fruit is generosity. Mm-hmm. And by that, every, but you know, by believers um, being generous, I believe that all needs can be met. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's why I hate capitalism so much. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, it goes back to just, focusing on the individual and it doesn't it it they, i really i don't know how capitalism and generosity can coexist because with capitalism you get what you deserve mm. and um and the 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 scale on of what you deserve is based on like a, a preconceived notion by someone else you know mm. not it, it's not even like dependent on how much work you do or whatever mm. so i think that because of the cross and because of salvation and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and and fruit of the Spirit, um, or my idea of my understanding of it all and living a generous life, I do believe that that was, I guess, God's um, way of meeting human need. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if that makes sense. I yeah, through the generosity of others. I think that that, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, I yeah, don't... So, yeah? Mm-hmm. No, carry on. No, so I, was saying, I, don't, I don't think that it, 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 it's prosperity gospel, but I do... Um, yeah, and I, maybe... Maybe my idea of like, oh, I think my idea of of people prospering differs maybe from that of the prosperity gospel, mm. prosperity theology. Because mm-hmm. um, I do think that people are made to prosper, but prospering doesn't doesn't mean and doesn't look like the hoarding of wealth and mm. um, and living lavishly and mm. and you know. So mm. yeah, mm. I agree with you. I was actually some one of in my initial thoughts, what I wanted to mention is that I I can see how um, the prosperity gospel and capitalism would be related to each other. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can see the correlation um, of obviously capitalism. You know, you constantly striving for more, 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 mm-hmm. and somehow in our understanding of the gospel we have, I would say, capitalized, you know, um, our, our, our interpretation so that we can by interpret that Christ's death um, gives us more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I, 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 I think capitalism, also like you, I have very strong feelings against mm-hmm. capitalism because it emphasizes the hoarding of wealth for those that have it, you know, and it also mm. rests on the myth of meritocracy that people who work hard have more than the person, the people who don't. And, you know, we've, we've mm. shared about these things a lot on this, on this platform. So I can see how those two things, you know, um, how the prosperity gospel can sort of be established upon the foundations of, 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 of capitalistic thinking. And something that I read, I was reading an article that speaks about where the prosperity gospel came from, right? And I'm just going to mm-hmm. read a little bit of it. It said the prosperity gospel originated as an offshoot of Pentecostalism in post-World War II America, right? While it started in local congregations and in tent revivals, the movement gained a larger following through the use of radio and television and became entrenched in the 1980s with the rise of televangelism. So it is also like very tied to Pentecostalism, mm. which is also another interesting dynamic considering that, well, at least maybe in my perspective, because I also haven't done a lot of reading on Pentecostalism and, you know, the origination of, of Pentecostalism. But growing up, now me, myself, personally, I grew up Pentecostal, right? And I, and I attribute, maybe in my thinking, I'm not sure whether or not this is true, but I attribute Pentecostalism with like Black faith, you know, like a lot of Black churches um, are Pentecostal. So it's interesting to make then to, to, to recognize that the prosperity gospel would have its foundations in um, Pentecostalism, particularly because I associate Pentecostalism with Black church. So I'm thinking about Black people as previously disadvantaged communities of people, then finding themselves um, in, 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 in church movements that would give birth to a prosperity theology. And... And I mean, we can even think about it locally in the context of South Africa. They are, I mean, the, the, the Shepherd Bushiri situation, you know, 
mm. where where most of our population, our country's population, does live um below the poverty line, and yet these same people would give their everything to a church because it has promised them to prosper. Mm. So I can mm. also see how they are how the desperation of a people who are materially disadvantaged can cling to to something like a prosperity gospel because we have no other way out Mm -hmm. i I don't know how i got here but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think so too i think that the prosperity gospel it looks at the world the way it is and it promises a solution Mm. and i think it it also has that element of certainty Mm. um i think you know like the question of like why do good people um why do bad things happen to good people mm. and i feel like the prosperity gospel kind of answers that and like it shouldn't Therefore, mm. and this is how you prevent that from happening mm. um so i think it, it it guarantees that faith will always make a way that sure. if you believe um if you believe and you sow god will give you what you need if mm. you if you name it and declare you know, it, it will happen as you have, as you have said, and mm. if you believe hard enough, you will be healed. Mm. So I think that it, it, it promises a solution to the problems that the world is currently facing. And yeah. I think that's why it's attractive because mm. people do want to, mm-hmm. people are desperate, you know? Mm. So I think it, it, it's, it, it's, it's attractive and it, it gives people what they need or what they think they need. Mm. It is also very, it promises very clearly, which I think is what you're saying. Like, yeah. like if you do this, the result will be this, you know? Yes. Um, if yeah. you give into the church, you will reap materially. If you live mm. like this, you should be healthy and whole. Because another aspect that we also touched on in the previous episode um, was that it's not just, doesn't just promise material, um, material, wealth I guess but also like mm-hmm. health which I didn't yeah. at the top of my mind I, I can see now yes definitely like the semblances of it but I wouldn't think whenever I think prosperity gospel I just like sort of think about it in terms of money but there is this mm-hmm. whole um why are you sick <laughs> yes. you know have you prayed um mm-hmm. you know have you have you have you tithed Eh, are you are you are you doing all the necessary things according to your faith because if you did then you Mm. wouldn't be Mm. so it makes really clear correlations where i think that the gospel but also life is so nuanced that it isn't that clear cut you know it's not it's not i am sowing so that i can reap Mm. Mm. yeah Mm. yeah yeah yeah. And I, I also think that it um, it creates room for spiritual bypassing mm. um, because it, especially I, it, part of the definition was something about uh, positive co- uh, confessions. Mm. So thinking that if you speak positively, mm. um, then everything will go well, you mm. know, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it kind of removes and it, it doesn't create room for for expressing suffering Mm. and and i think that's why lamenting has been has been removed from the evangelical church because Mm. it's been replaced with prosperity gospel that no you don't don't lament your suffering just speak positively and the suffering will go away Mm. 
God's mm. blessing will have what you need. And that's why we that's why people don't lament. Wow. <laughs> Instead they they name it and claim it. And I think everything should go well. And I think it's so true what you're saying about um like holding on to the prosperity gospel, therefore not leaving room for like lament and stuff. So in one of the things that I was reading, <laughs> they they a thingy a thing, they say, How can we identify a prosperity gospel preacher? <laughs> so they oh, seem wow. to detecting the prosperity gospel according to this article at least. Um, and one mm-hmm. of them is, is 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 the absence of a serious doctrine of the biblical necessity and normalcy of suffering. Mm-hmm. So there is an absence mm-hmm. of the doctrine of suffering, which I think is exactly it because of these positive affirmations Mm. right because we believe that if we so positively if we so financially Mm. if we so all these things um then we we believe that we won't reap negative things so then there is no room in the christian faith Mm. for a doctrine Mm. of suffering because the christian faith is sort of wrapped up in prosperity theology right we were, were constantly expecting that we will say things and believe things and speak over things and sow things and all those things and that by virtue of doing that that means we will have Christ's blessing I know I said to you Mm -hmm. a couple of maybe a couple of weeks ago which I found very interesting that I was praying with a group of people right we were Mm -hmm. praying with a group of people and when one particular person in that circle because we went around in a circle and we were each praying right and when this person prayed I immediately like thought, oh my gosh, something in me just went mm. oh, prosperity gospel, right? And uh, and I wasn't, it wasn't my intention to be judgmental, you know, I wasn't looking down upon them like, hmm, you believe in the prosperity mm. theology. If anything, what mm. it did to me, which is what I said to you in our conversation after that, is that it it helped me to recognize how I might, did I might like, verbally detach myself from the prosperity gospel so I can say I don't believe in prosperity theology right but then Mm. when you look at the way that I live out my faith it can tell Mm. a different story so Mm. but because also it's so ingrained in the way that we've done our faith it's and and, then it makes me think of what what we speak about so often on this platform about like reconstructing and deconstructing and reconstructing our theology right that as we deconstruct and begin to do the work of reconstruction it is so multifaceted that there are so many things that you don't realize that you have held to Mm. for someone like me which we always make reference to as well who has grown up in the church there is so much that I have learned over the years which I now have to literally come to terms with and be like but do I believe that or don't Mm, I believe that mm. but saying I don't believe that is not enough because I need to reconstruct what I do believe so that it informs the way that I live my life right and so Mm, hearing this mm. person pray what and I I don't remember particularly what it was right but the 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 the, the prayer was centered around our blessing you know as Mm. we do this may we be blessed and you know bless us so that we can da 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 da. but it was just it it was centered around us being deserving of blessings because we have chosen a specific way of life or because we have chosen to do certain things you know what I mean but bless Mm. us take care of us make sure that we are you know what I mean this whole thing that we deserve um you know that 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 we're deserving of of wealth and prosperity and all these things right and i'm not saying that that there is no room for blessings right and i, I what's hard about this conversation for me is that 
like the, I, I don't necessarily have a clear line. You know what I mean? Mm. Because mm. I believe, like you were saying, even in the definition that Christ in Christ's death, you know, Christ's death has met our needs. And you were saying, you're not mad at it. And I'm like, I can, I can understand that, but I'm also wary of it because I'm wary of the whole notion of prosperity gospel. But also, I don't think that is fundamentally incorrect. Mm. So I feel mm. like it's so, you know, maybe it's just in my thinking where I'm like, oh, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> I think that in saying that I'm, I'm not mad at the, like I, I do, I think I can draw the line in saying that I do believe that our needs are met, but I think it's the, the, the only difference between what I believe and what the prosperity theology and prosperity gospel teaches is the way in which we go about attaining that, mm. you know? So I think that our needs can be met in community. And, mm. and even when we, when we look at things like um, uh, the prosperity gospel as it pertains to health. Mm. And I, I mentioned in the last episode that I did a, a course on like evolving faith and there was a big um, element to it was um, about how ableistic um, Christianity can be. Mm. And, and I realized that, you know, the 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 disability of disability i don't know if that makes sense but the disability of disability is actually the way that the world is built not necessarily mm-hmm. the disability itself it's because so, we can yeah. make we have the ability to make things accessible but mm. instead we choose not to and mm. that's where we disable people by by making certain aspects of life um inaccessible to them and Mm. um, so instead of changing the way that we do life so that everybody can play a part like everybody's welcome to the table instead of Mm. doing that um, we rather like let's pray so that you become who is able to come to the table you know instead of making the table accessible to everybody um, Mm. we're like no we're going to pray and you're going to get healed and and that healing is going to look like what we think wholeness Mm. looks like what we think it should look like Um, coming into the building there's no ramp for there's no ramp and and even like there's, there's a ramp to a lot of buildings like a lot of church builders but is there a ramp to the stage mm-hmm. you know I'm like so are you saying that only people who can walk up the stairs are sure. able to beat you know are able to be on that platform wow. so um so yeah because ugh, it's just it's madness <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me in in um my attempt to deconstruct my faith from um from prosperity gospel is um i've had to I've, like you i would you know before this whole process i would have proudly said i do not believe in the prosperity gospel right. and like i would have been able to distance myself but what has actually um made me realize that i need to deconstruct was the way that i respond to unanswered prayers mm. and i realized that um what I used to do is create a whole new doctrine um, based on my unanswered prayers. And it could be that, you know, things like, um, like if you, like, I feel like the unanswered prayers or unfulfilled promises or what I think is a promise, um, it creates opportunity to create doctrine to justify the experience. Things Mm. like God has a better plan Mm. or that uh, (laughs) that Mm. it's a test. It's a test that God gives to God's strongest soldiers. Um, And I think that is because that 
it, it it's it's part of prosperity gospel because it has this notion that we always deserve the best yeah. you know so if my prayer is not answered it means god has something better in store for mm. me and that's because i you know i believe this whole thing that i i deserve better i i'm worthy of better i need to be rewarded by better um instead of just sitting and 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 and, and sitting in my disappointment of my answered prayer you know i want to mm. and, and lamenting my unanswered prayer and lamenting and my disappointment the 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 element of spiritual bypassing that you're talking about mm. right mm. that rather than coming to terms with the fact that or maybe this prayer hasn't been answered or, you know, oh my gosh, this hasn't gone the way that I thought it would or whatever. So rather than coming to terms with the reality of the situation, not being what you mm. had anticipated, we want to bypass that by saying, yeah. oh man, there must be more in store and there must be this and that. And <laughs> yeah. then like you're exactly what you're saying, there's no room for grief. There's no room for lament. There's no room for disappointment in the faith, which is a big part of, like how like pe- Christians are taught you know Ooh, to, live, to live this life of like you distance yourself from the reality of suffering or real life experience I was watching something this morning in fact on on YouTube and watching it so this lady was giving birth to her child right and she was doing one of those home birth situations and whatever and she's she's a christian lady so when she started to feel her contractions she was like listening to music right she had her airpods in she was listening to worship music to be specific and so she was singing and worshiping whatever and so they had made like subtitles at the bottom of the video while this was happening because she wasn't really talking um but so she had narrated it basically via the subtitles saying that um, she decided to focus, basically I'm paraphrasing, but she was focusing on the father, you know, in that moment. Um, and that made her, you know, not have any fear. And so the pain didn't even feel horrible because she was focusing particularly on the goodness of God. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then at some point her midwife arrived, right? And she, the midwife like moved the baby to a certain position that would help the baby to like be able to like access the birthing canal and come out properly, right? So after the midwife did that, then obviously the contractions were like rapid fire, serious. You can imagine, Mm. right? I've never had a child, but I can only imagine I have big fears. So (laughs) then obviously now everything was amplified, whatever. So in that moment, after the midwife did the thing, one of her AirPods fell out there. And Mm -hmm. so she narrated, oh yeah, one of the AirPods fell out. Um, So I was no longer centered around worship. Um, Now there was room for distraction. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Now there was room for distraction. And so she'd be, um, so the minute that she was no longer submerged in worship, there was um, so much fear, you know, even the pains felt worse and all these things. And I was like, maybe the pain just got worse because <laughs> you're in the process of labor. And the longer you're in labor, I imagine that the pains would intensify, right? Mm-hmm. And then she was literally in this subtext going on about how you know I then I realized that that fear is Satan's what what and then I was fearful and then this and that the airport fell out there was no longer a worshipful atmosphere I was not distracted and you know I started to feel the pain even more and I was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe you just felt the pain because giving birth <laughs> is painful oh, exactly. but I, I felt I, I and perhaps my interpretation is flawed I'm open to that but I just 
what I how I interpreted the moment I'm like it just felt so like so much like bypassing you're wanting to bypass mm. the reality of the fact that you're in pain whereas coming to the faith being in Christ does not make us like a what's the word not oblivious what's the word I'm looking for it doesn't exempt us mm. from real life pain you know, it doesn't mm. exempt us from real life experiences. It doesn't exempt us from suffering. It doesn't exempt us from, from, from being ill, right? Even though it is not God's will that we would be ill, even though it is not God's desire for us to have pain, even though it is not God's desire for us to suffer, the reality of life is that it would happen, right? The reality of living in a fallen world um, is that these things would, 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 would come, and that these mm. things would be a part of our lived experience. Um, but becoming Christian doesn't now, you know, put us in this higher realm where these things are superficial. Hey, wait, if you pray enough, if you, one of the things also that I was reading in, in one of these articles said something about, um, I want to read this. It was giving what makes the prosperity gospel a false gospel one of the things is that prayer becomes a tool to force god to grant prosperity mm-hmm. and i'm like that's mm-hmm. exactly it you know what i mean you pray, mm-hmm. pray 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 and i think that's what happened in that moment when i was in the prayer circle where we are taught even though we don't think we're taught the prosperity gospel which is a scary thing for me is that mm-hmm. even when we teach you know like you and i do we have the opportunity to teach in our community of faith <laughs> right when we mm-hmm. teach, we, we as people who say, as people who, I guess, quote unquote, distance themselves from the prosperity gospel and say we don't believe in that, I feel like it is so easy for us to teach a prosperity gospel thing, thinking mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. teach from that thinking, even though we don't think we believe it. True. So true. And that's a scary thing for me is that now I need to watch how I pray. You know, I need to, I need to watch my response to things, you know, how, when things don't go the way that I wanted them to go, or, you know, when, when I'm praying for a salary increase, or, you know, all these things, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I think it was such a, it's such a valid point that prayer becomes a tool for us to force God to grant us prosperity because we believe that because we, we have accepted Christ, but also because we live in a certain way, we, are most deserving of conditions that are free of suffering and this and that and the other, even though the Bible doesn't promise us that. Not at all. And it's really difficult. I was having a conversation with someone um, this week and she asked me, um, what was the question? She asked me, um, do I think God favors others more than some more than others. Mm, so does, and, does God um, have favoritism? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and she was like, because you joke that um, you're God's favorite. You're God's favorite. <laughs> uh, I'm like, it's not a joke. I really mean it. <laughs> Hello. Okay. <laughs> but no, but uh, it is a joke. Like I like I don't think that God yeah. favors me more than others. But the, I, mean, I will yeah. ask him that. Yeah, you know, like you know how you you think you're, you're you your favorite your parents' favorite child. Okay. You know. I mean, I know um, that I'm my dad's, but I know I'm not my mom's. That's. Oh, <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> I, I won't say what I think. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's. Uh, I get it. 
Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I asked, I was like, do you think there's a difference between favor and blessing? Mm. And because um, when I think of blessing, I think of the Beatitudes mm. and and that blessing, the way that Jesus, or the Beatitudes, which are in Matthew 5, mm-hmm. uh, for those that may not know, um, but the way that, that Jesus talks about the blessing is that it's, the, it's nothing that you can do to earn it. You yeah. know, it's there. Yeah. there. Mm. And, and I was like, I wonder at what point that we did we um did we interpret blessing as a reward you know because um, like there's certain things because even I was like and so my, my 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 response to her was that yeah I spoke about how when I think of blessing I, I think of the beatitudes and there's nothing I can do mm. to to earn that blessing and and I think that certain things are um occur because of principle of the world like if i drop Mm. something on the floor it's gonna drop to the floor because of gravity Mm. you know and so i think there's certain things that we do and there's there's a there's something as a result of that and we view it as a reward Mm. but it's actually because it's a it's the it's the reaction yeah it's a principle of the world the world yeah because um someone once said to me that they um that what it was like that um something about uh, i'm gonna paraphrase and i'm gonna paraphrase very badly mm-hmm. um that the the way they were like the way that um i i engage with holy spirit is is such a gift which mm. i which i agree is a gift i don't think it's a it, i don't think it's a reward it's oh yeah. and then she was like she was like you must read your bible so 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 often mm. something like that and i was like I don't think it's a it's a reward for like how often I how long I pray I spend in prayer or it's how not because long of anything spend... you've done yeah yeah but also but I I think that it could be a a result like the more you read the Bible that like you know it's like a friendship mm. you know, the the more I spend time with you the more I'll get to know you mm. you know so mm. it's not my friendship with you is not you rewarding me. Mm. you know it's 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 a oh our closeness is not a reward of how much time we spend with each other but rather mm, a result of how much we, of you know so i feel like the same the same thing and like people will talk about how they they were praying for for hours and hours or fasting and not and all these things and 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 seeking to be rewarded for that mm. and which i think is 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 how we can pervert tools that oh. we've been given to navigate life and now we we're trying to pervert it and, and and making it ways that we can get god to do what we want god to do um so so, it's just, that's so good i think you've actually summed it up so well so complex <laughs> but i think i think like you've helped me to sort of narrow it down for myself that mm-hmm. it's not that we are not blessed or not or that we will not be blessed but it's that we expect blessing as a reward for our faith. yeah it's the portion yeah. where everything is a reward you know that you yeah. you will be blessed financially as a reward for praying as a reward for being mm-hmm. in church on sunday as a reward for giving to the poor as a reward for it's the fact that we we, we anticipate these rewards for mm. living how we have lived or doing what we have done. And I think that that reward mentality is directly contradict in contradiction to, to, to the, um, the, the theology of the gospel of grace. 
Mm. Right? Mm. It is unmerited favor. All of it, all mm. the blessings are unmerited. It's not, it's, it's, it's not because of what we have done. Um, it is yeah. not because of our own doing, right? Or it is not even because we have confessed that Jesus is Lord, right? But it is Absolutely. because Jesus is Lord. It is as a result of his Lordship and not yeah. because we have come to terms with it. Um, and mm. I think that exactly sums it up. I think it helps me to define it for myself um, because mm-hmm. I think while there are so many definitions that exist, right, of the notion of of, of prosperity theology that for me now as we've spoken you've helped me to recognize that it's the thinking that we deserve to be rewarded for certain mm. things because we're in Christ it's this associating mm. like the fact that we are deserving of a reward or but I'm in Christ so I should never mm. you know what I mean that whole that thing of a reward that's exactly in my mind light bulb has just happened thank you i'm glad <laughs> it's the reward and i think as well like what you've mentioned about your your the, the example that you've had with the person who is saying you have such a good relationship with the holy spirit you must read mm. your bible even though i think mm. what you're mentioning about the result um makes sense and is true i also think like we are wired differently do you know what i mean so yes we always have this conversation about my rate of consumption yeah worship music versus yours you know what i mean mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it's because we are wired differently so for me um music does contribute to to my not let me not say music contributes to my day-to-day life because i think you are more the person that <laughs> consumes music in general but like my my love for music like my passion to create for creativity let me say mm-hmm. that let me rather attribute mm-hmm. it to that you know mm-hmm. um worship music then for me I am more likely to know what's new or what's happening in 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 worship music because of my passion for creativity and God sort of meets where 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 music exists do you know what I mean so for it then what that could mean is that my daily liturgy my my daily worship of God or you know my my personal time or what you call it in the streets these days um (laughs) not in the streets that is hilarious but anyway what what the kids call it these days is the saying that the people use um you know, devotion, quite time, quote, and I'm doing quote unquote because I feel like that's another thing that we have to probably have a conversation about at one point or another. But I also think that po- that contributes to our prosperity thinking um, that you must yeah, have your yeah. devotion in order, you know, to be right standing. You must have your devotion in order that you would know your Bible so that the devil mm. would not come against you. You must, this whole <laughs> reward situation. But my day to day liturgy would include, is more likely to include worshipful music, right? Whereas yeah. maybe let me give an example of you, not saying that yours doesn't include worship music, but your day to day liturgy would include reading up on, on like what you've mentioned, you know, the God, what is um, queer theology or things like that, mm. you know, because we are also, wired differently, you someone could say, Oh my gosh, you know, when you worship people, you must spend so much time with God, but it's just <laughs> the fact that I'm that way inclined means that I'm more yeah. likely to spend more time on that. Yes, yes, and it's yeah, a result true. of that as a more so than you are so anointed in this particular. This and that. <laughs> I'm also trying to reconstruct that whole notion of being particularly anointed for part I don't know this is I'm ranting I but- feel like we had the longest conversation about that remember with with NK on the the, the thought of yeah 
when we're talking about friendship and navigating adult friendships, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the catch, what is it called? The, the, what is this thing that we do in the beginning called? Chicken. <laughs> chicken is <laughs> <the> ketchup. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken. The yeah. chicken was about um, something I read on Instagram about talk, someone talking about anointing, and we had the longest I chat. I remember the longest hour. Hour. <laughs> hour. I remember that. Mm. I remember that. But just to add on what you said, like I, I agree a hundred percent that it, like I think one of m- the one of my the things that I've benefited the most in in my deconstruction is, um, it's learning to like to honor the person that I am and the person that God has created me to be and I'm a nerd like I read everything about everything you know like mm-hmm. I will I will read like I don't know like when COVID happened I read everything I could possibly read about COVID mm-hmm. so um so and I would ask you exactly so <laughs> so uh, and it's the same so like I can spend hours and hours reading scripture because I spent hours and hours reading other things as well you know so if you if if you don't necessarily like obviously like there's there's benefit to reading scripture there's benefit to spending time um in worship mm. um musically because I also think that we must use that like yeah. when you were talking about the lady giving birth say now because of her airpod file she's no longer in worship i'm like you're no longer listening to worship music yes exactly so i'm like so um there's a benefit to um to engaging in worship music because there are other ways to worship as well Mm. so even though like there's benefit to those things um it doesn't have to look like someone else's or doesn't even have to look like anything you Mm. know um it because I, I had a conversation with someone who we were talking about um about worship and worship in in church like mm. in a church environment in a corporate setting, and, yeah. yeah in a corporate setting and um we were I can't remember how the conversation started but she was basically talking about how it's important that that our worship is outwardly expressed mm. and I was like that's actually very challenging for me because I feel like I'm not someone who gets excited like I'm not an excitable person mm. like you won't I won't like jump up and down you won't you can't tell physically that of my emotion you know mm-hmm. so I'm like I could be sitting down and having the deepest moment mm. in worship so I, and I'm like because I I think I've resolved in my mind that my worship doesn't have to look like something mm. it, it, it just has to be mm. um so I think I'm going on a tangent with has nothing to do with prosperity gospel <laughs> but I think we have to like we have to free ourselves from like living in boxes that we have created you know like why why and you know what i think we've created we've created those boxes believe it or not i think it actually centers around prosperity theology i think now i'm having the biggest um (laughs) i'm having an epiphany (laughs) i was gonna say what's the word with the e but i'm having an epiphany (laughs) that a lot of what we believe rests upon this idea that we would be rewarded for doing things, which is mm. completely mm. antithetical to the gospel of being saved by grace through faith. 
Absolutely. You know, it is nothing that we have done. So we think we need to do these things. So someone telling you that your worship must look a certain way. It's because mm. we think it's that whole thing. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. What <laughs> does that even mean? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you feel like people are not blessed because are you praising God? But And, and I think mm. a lot of and then maybe we're talking about another gospel that's not prosperity. Maybe I've oversimplified it in my mind to all stem from prosperity. That's, <laughs> uh, that's also possible. I can take that. But I think it, it all stems from, not it all stems from, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah, it, I forgot what I was going to I was talking about doing things and being rewarded, which is antithetical yeah. to the notion of being saved by grace through faith. I think... Mm-hmm. Even though I was, I was actually recently sp- teaching Ephesians chapters one and two, right? And the biggest thing of, of Ephesians chapter two is, is being saved by grace through faith, right? Paul says repeatedly, you are saved by grace through faith. It is not by any of your actions so that you can boast, right? Mm-hmm. He, he repeats mm-hmm. it countless times, right? And then at the end of it is that whole passage about um, Ephesians 2.10 speaks about being God's masterpiece, right? And he says, you are created for good works, right? So even though we have, we, we are not saved by our good works we are saved for good works right so we we don't participate with christ um to receive salvation right we receive salvation because christ has god has you know freely given this gift but we participate with christ in outworking the salvation to do good works so that others may be enriched does that make sense so i think that distinction is so important because Often we want to earn this, um, this, this salvation. We want to earn these blessings. We want to earn these things because it was so hard for us to conceive that perhaps God is just so good that he would lavish these things upon us for no particular reason. But mm, also mm. In, in feeling the need to earn them, we then um, place a heavy yoke upon other people right and we it, it creates an opportunity for us to be judgmental of other people who you know you can you can maybe say oh it's milling is so blessed because she spent yeah. so much time in prayer marwena we bilo oh my gosh no wonder you are struggling with this and that and the other because you haven't prayed you know what i mean oh this is what i was gonna say is that we want clear-cut answers to a mysterious god is that we want black and white we want one plus one we want we want certainty yes to a god who is mysterious and and yes he you know this this mystery is somewhat unraveled in christ and and by virtue of the holy spirit but he is our minds could never ever fathom ever could never ever 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 ever, ever fathom so then i guess it's a question i'm not sure prosperity gospel and poverty thought i was about to get there yeah tell us (laughs) so when it comes to poverty (laughs) i don't know where to start i think that um the prosperity gospel allows us to make poverty a morality issue Mm. um and and we see it in the way that um or i i see it in the way that i used to um want to help people who are yeah. living in poverty mm. and that is like things like um we'll give you food pass but come attend this the church service first mm. um and then you'll get what you need or mm. you know like um it's like we can't 
because we feel that if you were in church, mm. you, you wouldn't have this problem. So come hear the word of God and mm. then we'll feed you. Mm. Um, so I think God must forgive it's just, God must forgive us. I've repented. We, it's yeah. a continuous repentance. Continual repent, continual lament. <laughs> All of the things. You, yeah. We keep learning and unlearning, relearning and all these things. And I think that's why... Um, that's why it's, it's it's a journey, you know. It's That's why we walk. We walk. It's a hard family. journey. It's a hard it journey. This, this is completely unrelated, but I think this week I've been I've been like suffering reconstruction, <laughs> <laughs> suffering the effects of reconstruction because I'm like I'm reconstructing in real time to still being a Christian. Mm. So I'm still Absolutely. in church. I'm still in and you're in the thick of it. Like I'm still yeah, here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm st- mm. you know I'm I'm hearing things. I'm and the whole when people are saying things, I'm trying to decipher: <laughs> does this align with my re- the reconstruction yeah. of my faith or yeah. not? Is this do I don't I? And also trying to listen, yeah. be critical, so ask questions. And you know, so as to gain understanding, right? Not taking things at mm. face value, but also learning not to be cynical. Yes. In the process. I think that's the hardest that I've found. That so reconstruction, not... I have been suffering this whole week. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that, I think the prosperity gospel, it looks at people that lack. Mm. Um, and, and, and I think it, it gives the burden, it puts the burden back on them. That, um, and like in terms of like, um, materialistically or even like physical health like we if you are sick if you you are and you aren't getting healed it's always like are you taking communion are you praying are you you anointing yourself with oil are you doing this are you like without just without just sitting with the people you know like it goes Mm -hmm. back to that whole thing of like not being able to um to sit (laughs) in the midst of suffering and just and just be you know allow yourself to feel to grieve and um yeah and I think with me I think the having to to lament poverty is something that I've had to be intentional about because I I think without knowing I have always thought that the answer you know that we have the answer from the cross and yeah um lamenting the the that it's structural you know yeah. and and acknowledging that the the structures exist that mm. that have created this uh this lack yeah and, and, and keep it alive structures also exist to keep yeah, it alive exactly yeah. and and also the, a lot of the structures are prevalent in the church so like now you've had to lament that as well and yeah. lament how you've partnered with, with I was those going structures. to say also and, lament the fact that we participate with those structures exactly <laughs> exactly so it's me it's a, it's, yeah i think deconstructing my faith from prosperity gospel has been and is still like a journey it's a painful journey and the thing with this deconstruction also it kind of forces you to be comfortable with suffering because you are going to be suffering and in order to yeah you have to be comfortable with the suffering that you're going to endure because it's there like it's so easy to say i'm stopping all of this and 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 um Side note, this is more about construction than prosperity gospel, but um, 
a lot of the times I've had to intentionally make the decision to continue deconstructing because I found like it would be so much easier just to go back because yes. I was in so much like, and I tell you that so was me this week yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week I was like I'm I'm out <laughs> it's too it's too hard it's too much it takes so much work that so I would rather work. just lean on what I know exactly and what you think you understand because I can I can explain everything that I used to believe so much mm. better than I can explain what I'm trying to believe now yes what I'm and, learning yeah yeah what I'm learning and because I don't have all the answers and it goes back to what I said in the beginning that I needed to be you know comfortable in trusting the process and knowing that I won't always have all the answers yeah and but I know it in my heart that this is wrong mm. I know it in my heart that um, you know that God says blessed are the poor you know that mm. blessed are the poor and I don't need to theologize why like it, it is it is what it is you know someone said something to me recently um, which I think is still like plaguing my mind in a great way that is um, he he's an academic right he's a theologian he's, he's an academic professor and he was saying how what makes because I was expressing to him as well that I'm trying to be critical without getting cynical so critical in the sense that we lap things up so we lap things up like the prosperity theology you you believe everything that you've been taught by Christian leadership because it is taught to you to do that right so you lap it up without critiquing anything without critiquing and critiquing not so that you know you can point out the flaws, but critiquing so as to gain understanding, right? And you mm-hmm. always say this. You always say when someone says something mediocre to you, ask them what they mean, and they usually don't yeah. have an explanation. That's usually you. You always say that, right? So I, I, I am learning in real time to to ask questions so as to gain <laughs> understanding and not to believe things superficially, right? And I was expressing to him that I'm trying to do that without being cynical and and one of the things that he was talking about because we're we're also having a conversation about the academy and the church you know and he Mm. was saying someone like this what's the academy the academy is 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 academic so pursuing so becoming like a doctor in theology you know what i mean so doing the work with with like in academia a theological Uh academic work rather and the church and I was saying to him I'm like I feel like the relationship between the two is so distant and I think both could Mm -hmm. so greatly benefit from one another you know Mm -hmm. Um, because the church looks upon the academy as like spiritless and just you know study 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 Mm -hmm. and then the the academy looks upon the church as you know everything's hyper spiritualized and there's no real thinking behind Mm. anything so I feel like the two could you know just the relationship between the two could enrich both spheres so greatly and we were talking and he was saying how someone like Desmond Tutu his faith um, was so revolutionary because Mm. it was um, I'm thinking of the word that he said because it was so conservative that's what he said he said his faith was so revolutionary that the life that he lived and everything was was exemplary and revolutionary because it was so conservative he said he read the bible and he believed it right mm. and he said whereas mm. with 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 academics um we our theology becomes more and more liberal and not just academics but we in the context of the conversation we're speaking about academics but whereas we we can become our theology can become we deconstructed so much that it comes to nothing um 
and then you believe in nothing. You know, you read the Bible, but you deconstruct it to the point where it's nothing, and then you believe nothing. And I, I, I thought that was so helpful because even as we do the work of deconstructing to reconstruct, I think the reconstruction mm-hmm. is important. It's but important. I also think mm. it's important that we actually believe what the Bible is saying, right? Because I think mm. the danger of like, persistent or consistent deconstruction is that there's nothing left but that the deconstruction mm. must be accompanied by reconstruction so that we believe the bible for what it says you know what i mean mm. and i was like that is actually so that's crazy because i feel like we can become liberal to the point of believing nothing and holding mm. to nothing and whatever but the work of reconstruction is so that we can return to this bible you know that is the word of god and actually believe what it is saying so you saying now mm. that the bible says blessed are the poor mm. right mm. it is not an airy fairy <laughs> nothing ooh la la it, it says <laughs> you know blessed are the poor and in order to to, to live what that means or to understand what that means, we need to ask the questions to reach an understanding. Do you know? And, mm. and, and I think that whole thing, that like the, the relationship, what we're talking about between prosperity gospel and, and the poor, I think is so abusive. I mm. think like what we mentioned at the beginning of this, um, of this episode that, that that prosperity gospel sort of benefits from the desperation of people who are already poor, mm. right? Mm. I I have a problem with 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 empires. Maybe empires is a little bit of a dig, <laughs> but I have a problem with 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 you know large church buildings and astute church buildings and stuff that are built from the generosity, quote unquote, of of poor people who go back to nothing. Yeah. Right. I have an issue with the fact that we can make this demand on those people that have the bare minimum, right? And expect that their contribution would 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 build these these quote unquote empires. You know what I mean? Mm. And then they return to nothing. Right. We even the notion, another thing that I was thinking about, which I was gonna ask you, the idea, the prosperity gospel then and 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 how it influences offering and tithes and stuff in church. You know, what are your thoughts around that? But I like and I always have this conversation with with, with one of my colleagues around the, 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 the scripture in the gospels. I can't remember where it is particularly, but the woman who gave her very last, you know, that passage that mm. everyone always speaks about in as it references offering and tithing that everyone else gave out of their wealth. And this person gave everything out of her poverty. And, and, and this mm. colleague of mine always says, people always interpret it as this person, you know, gave everything that they had, right? Because again, prosperity gospel, give, 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 give it all, give it all mm. so you can, so you can. Mm. So you can, and then this colleague of mine always says, but what Jesus was actually doing, he was calling out the Pharisees to say, you can give out of your wealth, but here's somebody who's giving out of their least and you exist in the same mm-hmm. community and they are not enriched by your presence in their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. And no one talks about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, 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 in fact, use that as, 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 as a means to say to the poor, this Jesus expected it of this woman and she mm. did it and Jesus esteemed her. So you do it, right? We, you, we, yeah. we use that passage to say to, to the poor amongst us, take out of your reserves and give to this place that has more than enough, by the way, mm. usually <laughs> has more than enough. And then they go back and they must now pray to God to put bread on mm. their plates, mm. 
Yeah. And then when uh, you, I don't know, do yeah. it, you know, build a mansion. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, I, I don't know. How, I don't know. How, like, what, what is it about our theology that allows us to perceive God in that manner? I actually don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> I can't understand it. I think it's, I think it could be the, us creating God in our own image mm. and, um, and not take, and not taking the Bible seriously. Like, I think there's a, I've heard someone say this and I thought it was brilliant that mm. like there's a difference between taking the Bible literally and taking the Bible seriously. Mm. And I think that it's important that we take the Bible seriously because not everything in the Bible like I, I don't need to give olive oil, you know, mm. <laughs> but I need to, you know, um, but I do need to share my positions. Um, so I think not taking the Bible seriously and, and creating God in our own image and thinking of what is pleasing to us and mm. what, uh, what seems honorable to us, like having a, a lavish church building mm. seems honorable. You know, yeah. so that's what we would want. That's what mm. we prioritize when we do church budgets. Mm. Instead of saying, if we were to disappear, <laughs> if this church was disappear, would the community we are in notice? Would mm. would we have made a difference? Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I so I think that th that's what makes sense to me is that we create God in our own image and, mm. and think that God prioritizes the same things that we prioritize. Mm, which is which is empire and power and um, honor in, in in the way that we want honor sure. and and especially like this whole thing of like I was <laughs> I was reading something about um, a pastor who was complaining that the church didn't get him anything for Pastor's Day I didn't oh. even know Pastor's Day existed I also didn't. and and I'm like so because he was like that you have to honor your spiritual leader and and I'm like okay so that's you know. I guess that's the way he wants honor. And I can imagine him thinking that's the way God wants honor. Um, in, in you sacrifice, you sacrifice so that this person's desires are met. And, and it's, man, yeah. And then you're going to say people will not be blessed because, you know, they haven't honored their leader. You won't have a blessing yeah. because they're not honored. <laughs> Which, oh. yeah, man. I really it, don't know, hey? It's a lot. It's a lot. I think um, the bottom line is that we keep on learning <laughs> as we go. And um, and also, I think that's the beauty of doing faith in community. Mm. Um, because, like, I'm able to make you realize things and you're able to make me realize things. Whereas if you're doing it all by yourself... Um, it's so easy to think that you've had it, you have it all figured out mm. or that you have nothing figured out and, and it just gets overwhelming and um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is quite a lot. And I was actually just thinking now as as I was saying um about the contribution of poor people adding mm. to the material wealth um that 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 exists usually that churches usually have. I'm like, and, and you know how, <laughs> I, don't, I won't say that, 
But <laughs> what I was going to say is then how do we differentiate between between that, right? So poor people mm-hmm. giving up their everything to, to the church and then the church building mansions, quote unquote, you know, continuing to exist in privilege, you know, enlarge whatever their portfolios, their assets, all such great things when the people have nothing. What's the difference between that and the lottery? Because nah, I don't, know. I don't <laughs> the way I see it, <laughs> the methodology is the same thing. Yeah. How the lottery, how the lottery generates its the money that it can give to oh, someone yes. is through everybody, and usually it's people who are super desperate that are yes. giving their last ten rands into that thing. And what that then happens is that that money goes and enriches someone and leaves mm. you. You know what I mean? And I'm mm. like, is the line of thinking not similar? Absolutely. And also, like, I don't. I can't, I can't even figure out where in the life of Jesus we picked this up from. <laughs> like, I where can't even out? tell you. I can't even tell you because also if you read read about the rich young ruler, you know, sell everything, yeah, give the proceeds yeah. to, to 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 the poor in order to follow me. I don't know. But also, those are like the the scriptures that we skip over. Even the one in Acts about how everyone sold all their possession and shared with those in need. But also we like, we spiritually bypass. It becomes like yeah. a spiritual, you know, surrender your life to Jesus. Mm. What does that mean? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that practically mean? If you're saying to people, if Jesus said to the rich young ruler, sell everything, mm. give the process to the poor in order to follow me. You know, if the, the, the believers in Acts were to give of everything in order to, you know, they would sell their stuff and share with one another so that the poor would be taken care of. Even in in, in the Old Testament, you know, how the community Uh, would take care of each other was through the principle Mm. of economic sharing. So you leave room for those to glean. Um, Mm. You know, you give your tithe so that the Levites would have, so that everybody in the community would be taken care of. That is the essence of of, of what, what, what God wants to institute through those principles. How do we... I don't know. Like, how do we arrive at what we arrive at today? I really have no idea. I don't know how we. I don't know how we've gotten here. I don't know how we've gotten here. But um, I was actually also just having a conversation with someone about um. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether or not I should. But I was talking. We're talking about the notion of of um like receiving miracles for our giving. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 you give and then, you know. Like sowing a seed. Yeah, sowing that, that whole thing, that whole yeah. thing. And, and we can say th- that that theology exists quite widely in many evangelical mm. churches today, even those that would distance themselves from the idea of prosperity theology. Absolutely, yes. Yes. So we believe that people must give so that miracles can happen in their lives. Hmm. That is prosperity gospel. That is it. Right? <laughs> that is it. Um, and perhaps miracles happen because God is good? Exactly. 
Exactly. Another and complexity, think, sorry, you go. Uh, I'll tell you after. No, you can go. That another no, thing no, no. that I'm thinking about is, is that you, the prosperity gospel also causes us to expect that people who are not Christians would have doom and gloom. And when they yes. don't, then like, <laughs> why are the wicked prospering God? <laughs> you know those things? Yeah. Yeah. But also that also creates room for us to create even more doctrines because it's like, yeah, we can, we can accept that the quote unquote unchurched are prospering. Um, that is not necessarily God's blessing that they're prospering, but we can't accept that that same truth for those that are quote unquote churched. So mm. those that, that are churched mm. for those who are churched it's because they've given because they've done it yes. but for those who aren't yes. it's and it's always so their prosperity is always a sign of god's approval and sure. and and also that that and i feel like prosperity gospel uh filters into so many other aspects absolutely um, of like because even like i think of like things like church growth mm. you know that the more people you have, it's it's a it's a, it's a signal of God's approval, mm. and um, so it, a, a church that is not growing, like we always think, what are we doing wrong? Mm. What can we do better? But it's um, also so like, because our is, measure for growth, yes, looks like pros, quote unquote prosperity. Prosperity, yes. Mm. <laughs> so I think like in deconstructing the prosperity gospel or your faith from prosperity gospel, which I, I hope this episode yeah. is going to inspire people to do, you you have to look at more than just what you believe about money. You know, it's what it's you believe not, about yes, everything. Yes, it's not yeah. and also things centered like, on money. Mm, yes, like things coming with ease. You know, it's like, oh, um, this is meant to happen because it was so easy. You know, because sure. there, there's no struggle in getting this, it means it's got, got God's hand is over it, mm. and it's it's meant to happen like this. Um, and like even I've had to deconstruct. Like, there's certain like I was applying for um, funding for my studies, and there was just so many hurdles. And I was like, yeah, maybe, like, maybe it's not meant to be. Meant to be. Oh <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, no, it's just. It's just, it just is, you know. It just is. Complex life is complex. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Trying to spiritualize every single aspect of it. Sometimes just people are not doing their jobs. So people that are meant to approve my funding was just not, they were not doing their job. Mm. You know, and here I was at home sitting, oh my gosh, my funding's not getting approved. Maybe I'm not meant to be doing this. Maybe I don't have God's blessing. If it was easy, it would signify that it's God's God's blessing. That's so good. Mm. The notion God's of ease and God's approval. Mm. And yeah, that's very good. I think my takeaway, a big takeaway for me from this um, episode is the notion of reward. So yes. that idea that we are rewarded for things um, and that reward mm. means we have God's approval, that whole notion of reward that we spoke about, but also the fact that prosperity gospel is not the way that prosperity gospel influences our faith and our theology is not particularly limited to money. I think money is a big thing, but it influences so much. Like me saying that this person who I was in a prayer circle with was so centered around being blessed as a reward for their faith, being blessed, being blessed, Mm. being blessed, being blessed. And what felt to me like the hoarding of like this blessing that no one else is Mm. deserving of, but we deserve it because we are, you Mm. know what I mean? So it is Mm. so it influences so much more of our thinking than, and so much more of how we live our lives um, 
that we might say, I don't believe in prosperity gospel. And then we sort of, I guess, deal with our finances in that manner. But do you, we fail to recognize that it influences so many ways that we live out our life and our faith. Mm, true. And it is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, I think my big takeaway is the same, the whole notion of reward. Mm. And... Um, and also just a, a continuous unlearning and relearning mm. and learning and not not rushing the process. Yes. You know, I think before before this conversation, I probably thought that I had deconstructed more than I do feel like now. Now I feel like I still need to do a whole lot more. You did, um, no idea. So I think when that... I said this week, <laughs> I was suffering. So I think we'll be into that, the whole, like accepting that, it's a journey, you know, and it's, mm. and it's going to be a painful journey. Like when people say she's suffering, she means she was suffering. Like Quite proper suffering. literally. <laughs> and so this is a, a word of encouragement for those that are going to embark on this deconstruction or, or who have already embarked and mm. are maybe struggling is that there is going to be suffering. There's going to be a lot of, so might as well get comfortable with the suffering. And that and, doesn't make it like, it's not because of an absence of god yes ungodly or yes yes you know maybe i shouldn't be doing this because why is it so hard you know absolutely if anything and i think with deconstructing especially if you are um you're surrounded by people who aren't deconstructing or aren't on the same journey i think Mm. in in the episode with Hali, she mentioned how deconstruction is such a lonely journey Mm. and i think one of my greatest um blessing was that I've I had friends that have already gone on this journey yeah um who are further ahead and I also had you who we were kind of doing it together Mm. um because it is lonely and you you'll think you're going crazy you'll think you're losing the plot and and it's so ah but God is Emmanuel you know like God is with us in the Mm. midst of it all like you will you and we wrestle like Jacob. We wrestle until God commands a blessing. Continue wrestling because we know that, you know, we know that there is purpose to the wrestling and the suffering and the pain and all the and the lament. And if anything, I was gonna say that it this deconstruction causes us to lean into God more than anything else, right? Because yeah. we all of a sudden we can't explain anything away. We can't spiritually bypass Mm. things. We can't, (laughs) you know, oh, it is what it is. You know, we can't, Mm. I'm suffering because it's not God's way. We, look, we, we don't have excuses. We can't lean on anything other than seeking (laughs) God himself and wrestling with God himself and seeking the scriptures. And like you mentioned, if you're fortunate enough to be able to do it with a community so much better, we're not looking Mm. for quick answers. That's another thing that um, I'm learning about this deconstruction and reconstruction. I was in another conversation recently where the person was saying we need to as a theological formation we need in in our theological formation rather we need to resist 
the, 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 the thinking that we must quickly rush to answers, right? Because mm. things are complex. The faith is mm. complex. Life is complex. So the minute we think we are, you know, the minute our, our faith is centered around quick solutions, we are likely to miss things, you know, that would be helping our formation and would be helping the way that we worship God. And so this deconstruction yeah. and reconstruction journey is exactly, is teaching us that in real time. Because really? now I'm constantly, I can't, you know, like, left, right, and center, my brain is struggling. And even something that I'm like, no, I've already deconstructed and reconstructed, we are good on that part. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps coming back into my mind just because of other things that are happening. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. but if I say I believe that, then is it consistent with this? Is it consistent with that? But what does the word of God say? You know, if anything, it literally is calling us to continually read the scriptures, not question you know what god's saying in the scriptures but question what it means you know what is happening mm-hmm. also questioning yeah. what we have been taught is that consistent with what god intended through his scriptures mm-hmm. so this feels like a podcast episode on deconstruction and reconstruction. <laughs> but as it pertains to the prosperity theology we have we are having to do a lot of that work in our yeah. own faith yeah in real time in real time that's the hard part but that ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not is our thoughts and feels on the prosperity gospel yes amen and amen and amen is a lot that's a a lot but we would love to hear your thoughts your thoughts on and your feels on prosperity Mm. gospel so if you do not follow us yet please follow Mm. us on instagram at tfc underscore podcast um you are welcome to dm us your thoughts your feels as you are listening to um to the episode um share your questions and yeah engage us in whatever way Mm. and you also on spotify or apple podcast wherever you're listening you're able to give a review to rate us share the episode with friends um and especially if you have a community that you're deconstructing with i feel like this is a nice episode to share and deconstruct together and see what you guys take out from it Mm. um but yeah that's it from us until next week I'm excited for next week. I can't wait. Next, next, next week. week. I'm like, what's happening next week, girl? Where are you going next week? Because I ain't going. <laughs> the next episode. Oh, I'm so glad you're excited. <laughs> I'm so glad you're excited. I am struggling. It's another one that I need to go deconstruct, reconstruct what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. until next time. Bye. Bye.